We're talking with uh, Ron Deutsch, who's um, directs New York for Fiscal Fairness, also is a consultant to a lot of labor, community, and faith groups around various economic uh, justice issues. And we asked Ron to give us an update on uh, next year's uh, state budget. This is the point where uh, Governor Hochul begins to put together her budget, which released a little bit in uh, mid-January. Uh, um, as often as the case, looking at a pretty significant uh, budget deficit, and as often the case, um, does not seem to want to raise any uh, additional tax revenues, tax to rich, and may not even want to dip into the so-called rainy day fund. So, so, Ron, what are we looking at in next year's state budget? Hey, Mark. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, well, we're looking at uh, some unfortunate numbers in next year's state budget. Um, the Division of Budget has been projecting a budget gap totaling about $36 billion over the next three years. So basically, we're looking at about a budget gap of $9.1 billion next year, $13.9 billion for the following year, and $13.4 billion for the years after that. Um, and the reason for that, according to the Division of Budget, has been decreasing tax revenue uh, and decreasing federal aid. As you know, during the COVID years, we got a substantial amount of federal assistance uh, to help us deal with the, the pandemic and its aftermath. Um, a lot of that money is drying up. So, um, you know, our budget gaps are tending to increase now. So we need to figure out a way to close those budget gaps. Some of the good news is, as you were pointing out, you know, the state has put about $19.5 billion into this rainy day reserve fund. Um, so that is without a doubt, probably the most robust, robust cash, cash reserves that, uh, the state has ever had. So that would really help us you know, weather these storms uh, that we see coming. Because remember, the budget gap is basically the difference between revenue collection and spending. Um, so, you know, spending is predicted to be higher than it's been in past years. And revenue seems to be down a bit. Although the good news is that the revenue projections actually, according to the comptroller's office, are coming in a bit higher uh, than the division of budget had projected. Um, it's still below 2022 levels, but um, it's not quite as bad as we would have thought. And it looks like if things continue in this fashion, the budget gap for next year would probably shrink to somewhere around $5 billion. Now, that that budget gap is is based, my understanding, on sort of the existing spending pattern and commitments, and those New Yorkers who might say we need more funding for affordable housing or uh, cleaning up various environmental problems, dealing with with climate change, hunger, uh, that that probably they want some additional funding beyond uh, what is the present spending projection. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, there's dramatic needs that still exist in New York that we're trying to address uh, and that desperately need to be addressed, uh, the least of certainly one of the, the most pressing issues that we have right now is the number of migrants coming to New York City and New York State. Um, you know, we need to work on trying to provide services to these folks who are in desperate need. 
Uh, and that's, uh, you know, potentially going to cost billions of dollars. And you couple that with Governor Hochul's, um, you know, desire to create more affordable housing, which is not cheap and needs to be done. Uh, and, you know, we have a lot of spending uh, needs, um, but not a lot of revenue to meet those needs. So a lot of us talk about the need for increasing revenue at the state level, uh, through a variety of different mechanisms that would ask the wealthiest New Yorkers to pay their fair share. Well, maybe we could explore some of those. I will mention on climate, you know, there's a whole separate, you know, movement around climate that we've covered, such as the uh, Climate Superfund Act, and the governor seems to be moving into some type of, uh, you know, carbon pricing. Um, but in terms of the other revenue issues, you know, what are some of the ways we could make the New York State uh, tax revenue system a little bit fairer? Well, we've been working on doing that over the last, say, decade or so. Um, we've had some success, certainly, with the income tax and reconfiguring the income tax rate. So we ask folks making over a million dollars, five million dollars and twenty five million dollars a year. Now, that's that's income that they're receiving. This is not net worth we're talking about. Um, so, you know, we've raised those brackets uh, or raised the rates on those brackets uh, over the last few years. Uh, but those are set to expire in 2027. Um, so I think at a minimum, one of the things we need to do is really extend that um, for at least another five years. Uh, as we see these projected budget gaps uh, looming. And some of those gaps, as you get into those out years past 2027, are the result of, um, you know, that that millionaire's tax basically going away. Uh, you know, bef when we, we had um, post 9-11, um, we actually needed a substantial amount of revenue as well. Uh, and that was when uh, people like, uh, Speaker Sheldon Silver and Majority Senate Majority Leader Joe Bruno actually came together and increased personal income tax rates over the objection and veto over uh, of Governor Pataki. But there was a five hundred thousand dollar tax bracket back then, um, which seemed to make sense as well. So I think we really do need to reevaluate our personal income tax structure um, to ensure that those at the top you know, with the most means are in fact paying the most. Now, many people will say that all this does is drive millionaires out of New York. And we've heard a lot about migration patterns uh, over the last few years, but the reality is we have more millionaires than we've ever had uh, in New York State. And the, the people who are leaving are those who are lower income and middle income who are really in search of more affordable housing options, uh, and they're moving to the suburbs of New Jersey and Connecticut. Um, I mean, everybody wants to make a big deal out of the fact that people are moving to Florida, um, which is true. But if you look at the numbers, more people are moving to, you know, New Jersey, Connecticut, and California when you add those three together than are moving to Florida. Um, so this notion that somehow people are just fleeing to lower tax states is erroneous um, and just kind of feeding into, um, you know, the myth of the moving millionaire. Now, I, I, I know the years, uh, you know, some people like yourself 
have said, well, one solution might be to, you know, we have a sales tax on a lot of stuff, but the old time stock transfer tax, which is a sales, very, very small sales tax on on, on stocks. Um, we've stopped collecting that uh, decades ago, and that can, depending upon how Wall Street's doing, can be, you know, I guess $10, 15000000000 billion a year. Um, is that still a pipe dream that they're going to start uh, making Wall Street uh, kick in a little bit more? Well, I don't think it's a pipe dream, but I, I think it's a, a heavy lift. And, you know, people like myself have been advocating for that for years. Uh, local assembly member Phil Steck uh, has really been a champion uh, of this. Um, and it's really long past time that we do this. I mean, think about the fact that this tax was in place between, say, 1910 and 1980. Uh, so for 70 years, we were collecting this and using those uh, funds to, you know, uh, uh, help provide uh, adequate spending levels for dramatic needs in New York State. And, and now, you know, since 1980, we're basically just rebating it back to uh, stockbrokers. Uh, and it makes no sense whatsoever. I mean, it's certainly a tax that we should be collecting. I mean, the the wealthy who are primarily the people that are purchasing stocks, um, you know, they have the means and the wherewithal to pay a small tax on the conveyance and transfer of stocks. So, well, well Ron, we're out of time. Any 10 second closing points you want to make? Uh, I think that we need to make sure that we ask the wealthy to pay their fair share. And we, we need to make sure that we're not cutting spending at a time when people desperately need services. Ron Deutsch on New Yorkers of Fiscal Fairness. And this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine. <laughs>